1: Hey everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Tom Ham, the president of AutoCentric in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as well as the founder of the Automotive Management Network. If you're not familiar with Tom, he tends to say out loud what no one else will. This made for a very interesting conversation as we spoke candidly about the ideas behind moving the industry forward. If you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. We're on every single one. If you're catching us on YouTube, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and hit the like button on this video. We're getting more and more views every single day through organic search results, and hitting the like button helps spread the word. If you'd like early access to each episode as well as the second part of our conversation on the podcast, head over to asog.site. That's A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E, and click on the Become a Patron Now button. All proceeds go to funding ASOG, a 501c3 educational charity, so your contribution is tax-deductible. Becoming a VIP patron is only $9 a month. Now, with all that out of the way, here we go.
2: Yes, sir. How's life? Not too bad. Is this a camera-free operation?
0: This is a camera-free operation.
2: Okay, because mine didn't and work, and I was going to. I'm not seeing anything.
0: <laughs> well, you know, hey, listen. Here's the thing about what this really is. I, I think we need to put out there what this podcast is. David and I typically spent an hour on the phone most afternoons to the point our wives were yelling. And see, this is really just an excuse for us to sit around and BS and we just call it a podcast. Yeah. I mean, ah. that, that's, that's pretty much what you got here. That's as good as it gets.
2: Well, that, that, that works.
0: <laughs> that works. I thought it would be cool to kind of share, have you shared the vision um, of your organization and share kind of the concept and a, I think that helps get some asog members aware of of what you're doing there, but also, I want to kind of talk about where our industry needs to go as a whole um you know and and I know it says it's recording but and and David and I talk about this often but but this is kind of behind the scenes chat um Tom, I feel like many of the organizations who were titled with advancing our industry are kind of dropping the ball a little bit. Um, I'm worried that we aren't uniting our industry as a whole. And I'm worried that we're not moving forward in a, in a singular direction. I I talk to people from one organization and they say, our vision is this. I talk to another organization. They say, vision, what's that? Um, and I talked to another organization and they're going in a completely different direction. I really believe that we need to get ourselves moving in a singular direction.
2: Yeah. i I, I tell you, I I, uh, opened my first shop. I got my first uh, state of Michigan repair facility license in 1975. Um, And shortly after that, I joined ASA. Right. And uh, just like you say, a little, inside baseball or behind the scenes type deal. Uh, it's, it's the same now as it was 45 years ago. Right. It, right. It's not any different, uh, you know, that's how it was then. And, uh, you know, you could almost make a political analogy. This is, uh, you know, the, the swamp operates to, to keep the swamp going. And, and that's what the swamp does. And, I, and that doesn't mean people's intentions are bad, but that's just right. That's just what it is, Uh, and if you get too far uh, outside the box, then you're seen as rocking the boat, and we really don't like that. And so,
0: right, right,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. How are you going to avoid that, Lucas?
0: Oh, I listen. I you know they don't like me in the first place. I'm already rocking the boat. So, (laughs) oh, I've said
2: a lot worse than that on air. I'm 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 good with it.
0: Yeah well I mean I I think that the reality is is that the the way that we avoid rocking a boat the way that we bring about change is we get everybody talking on the same topic we get them talking to the same tune and I think that at some point we bring our industry together through connections, right? And, and get these organizations and, and, you know, I've, I've heard, I've talked to Carm a little bit about the fact that the PAVE event is probably one of the first times many of these organizations have even thought about working together. Um, but I also similar
2: event going on about the same time.
0: Right. Right. I saw that. Um, but I mean, I guess my thought is, is, you know, we're more connected than we've ever been right we've through facebook through other social media yeah, yeah uh, sure. we're we're more connected than we've ever been and i think if if we use membership sites or or groups like asog um and like like yours or or however it be to talk about the issues that are really present in our industry and say, look, we want to have a, a consistent thing that we're trying to fix, right? Is it the tech shortage? Is it this? Is it that? There's lots of things that need some attention in our industry. We have an image problem, right? We've talked about ASC certification, <laughs> you know, because, because our images.
1: Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now
0: Click the link in the show notes to get started. It's accurate. We have a problem. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Valid, valid point.
1: He's got (laughs) you there, Lucas. Yeah. (laughs) He's absolutely right. Right? He's got you there.
0: It is as as valid.
1: I'd like to point point. out, Tom, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tom, you are the first person that we've had on here that we've had a conversation about that didn't just make the assumption that everybody was altruistic. <laughs> I, I'm telling that, you, everybody just yeah. makes the assumption like, oh, we're, we're all honest, good, hardworking people, you know, doing the right thing 100% of the time, and people just don't understand what it is that we're doing out here. Uh, people just don't get it. How <laughs> do we get them to understand? And that's, that's how the conversation always goes. How do we yeah. get them to understand? Yeah,
2: that, and yeah, Tom's that,
1: the first one that goes, <clears throat> ah, it's accurate. Everybody's a dirt pack.
2: All right. That that's kind of like customer education. The problem with that is a lot of customers don't want to be educated. No. <laughs> they don't care. So at all. what we do right. is we
0: piss them off
2: by trying to educate them.
0: <laughs> right. They want their car fixed. <laughs> exactly. Right? They, they don't care about the car. They don't care about, you know, and, and and they're the ones that come into my shop and throw me the keys and say fix it. Exactly. Right? And, and I think that, that at least understanding what it is that your customer wants, you know, we talk about discovery conversations from time to time. Yeah. If you don't understand what your customer wants, I mean, good God, don't try and educate them.
2: <laughs> you know uh, I mean, y- you could you can spend one evening, uh, reading a good book on, on disc testing DISC, uh, and, and learn how to separate the customers out. And then that'll be a, uh, worth invaluable asset just to understand who's across the counter from you and and address them accordingly.
0: I agree. I agree 110%. So um, let me ask you this then, considering you brought up a very valid point that we have a industry image problem, literally. um, How do we fix it?
2: Uh, I I think you can, uh, I think you can come up with a, a set of reasonably high standards. Right. And, uh, and it get, get people to work towards that uh, with kind of a common goal. Uh, and it, ultimately it's, it's kind of a separation there. There's not going to be unity among all shops because there's, there's a couple of different, I mean, a lot of different, but there's, it's kind of two different directions in the shops and there's the people who more or less want to be professional and those who don't and, and to to take the ones that don't and try to bring them along is kind of a exercise in futility so just let them wander off and do whatever they do and uh, and get the people who want to be professional and uh, uh, boast that we are such and uh, you can also do some uh, overall, you can have some general marketing to that uh, that effect too. You, you're looking for a, uh, you're looking for professionals, and here's how you find them.
0: Right, right. And and you know, so we've talked about it. And I don't know if you heard, we had Chris Chesney on, and and we've had some others on. We've talked about regulation. We've talked about uh, a couple okay. of different you know ways to move forward with this. Right. One. Are, one. Thing are you is,
1: anti-regulation?
2: Is, is if if anybody brings up licensing, cut their mic.
1: <laughs>
2: God, that is. I, I mean, you, you, you can see how well the government's handled the election over the last thirty days. Let's have them handle auto repair.
1: I'm totally leaving that in, Lucas. <laughs> <I> mean, <what? laughs> I'm not cutting I'm g- that out. <laughs> I'm good
0: with what, it.
2: <laughs> what what is the? the it, it's it's absolutely insane. There's a lot of people out there, and I understand they, you know, it's it's ignorance in the classic sense. In other words, they uh, they they have this vision of what licensing could be, but it's not unlike socialism or communism. It sounds really good, but every time you try it, it doesn't work. Right. Uh, I said that before. I think Cecil got mad at me when I said that one time, but. Uh, but, but, but there, there, there's a lot of truth in it. See, I I'm in Michigan, Michigan passed its licensing, uh, law in 1975 when I first started out. And, uh, at the time there were only three States into it. I think it was mainly Hawaii, Michigan, and California a little bit, but Hawaii and Michigan were the toughest ones and, uh, uh, very tough regulations, so on and so forth. And it hasn't made any difference. It's been 45 years. And it's no different here than it is in an unlicensed state today as far as uh, uh, all it has done is I have over that period of time, it's a long period of time, I've spent over $25,000 in licensing fees. And I I, I could have bought equipment or done something useful for my customers. Instead, the state just hired people and burned it up. Uh, Licensing is just a total disaster. Uh, It doesn't do anything. Um, so, uh, sorry for the tangent there, but that, that's, that's, if you want to talk about going forward, you got to kill that stupid licensing idea. It's just a bad idea. Uh, fix the image. Uh, I I did a thing on that, uh, on, on, you know, on CARM show, uh, on what, what technicians want from professional shop owners and what professional shop owners want from professional technicians. And and it has everything to do with, uh, from training to hygiene and everything in between the way professional people act and conduct right. themselves and present themselves and interact and the whole deal. Uh, and, and that, that's the big thing with the image right there. Uh,
0: yes, I agree. You know,
2: you're, you're going to have to, you, you know, the whole, the whole deal. And I, the whole deal of the, and it, People misunderstand me. say, I kind of feel like, kind of feel like Trump. I don't, I don't have any personal problem. If somebody wants to have, have be tattooed from head to toe and all kinds of body uh, metal hanging out of their body and, and, and got uh, ponytails and I, whatever, if they want to do that more power to, I have no problem with it at all. I do have a problem when I'm trying to sell a product to a customer and my customers aren't impressed with that. See, right. So I, I, I have a certain, uh, a certain image I want to present to customers. I, I halt, you know, go on the internet and surf and, and, and pick up the, uh, the Disney guidelines for hiring <laughs> talk about trimming fingernails and things. Uh, you know, we, we should be looking at that instead of looking at, uh, in, in Portland, can we legalize cocaine, uh, in, in, in automotive repair? Uh,
0: well you know and and that brings up a really valid point because that was that was one of the things that came up in asog and and you had some folks who were really divided in either direction um and I think that there are many different ways that we can measure. Someone's professionalism. Right. And I believe that we have to, we have to start somewhere in our industry as far as what that goes. You know, how do we begin to put that in place? And, and, you know, for me personally, um, through standardization in the shop, right? Policies, procedures, a way we do things. It's done the same way every single time. Everybody is aware of what's going on in the shop. We're communicating. And that's how we choose to bring that forward. Now, some of my guys, you know, I, I don't think I have anybody here right now that's tattooed. One of them's got a little bit longer hair. One of them has no hair. Um, he'll listen to this later and love that. Um, I mean, he does have hair, but it's, you know, one of those two foot wraparound deals. Um, Sorry, Eric. What's wrong with
1: that? Why are you knocking that? (laughs)
0: Um, but it looks good on some of them. Yeah, not this one. Um, (laughs) my point is my point is that I think we start somewhere with a standard, right? And you bring up Disney. Um, one of the big changing points for me was I sat in one of Malin Newton's classes and, um, Malin was talking about customer service and he was talking about Disney. And I sat through that whole class and I realized like the, the main topic that kept coming to mind and he never said this, but the main topic that kept coming to my mind was, Oh my God, customer service is not about me. It's about the customer. And I think that we (laughs) kind of like, you know, we missed that a little bit. Um, and as an industry, I think we missed it as a whole. And, and, you know, I've talked to, you know, I spent the the better part of the morning talking with a shop owner who's talking about his financials and he's talking about what he charges. And, and I think as an industry or as, as independent shops, especially many of us look and we think the number one thing that we should do for our customer today is make our repairs super cheap, right? We think that's how we're like serving the customer the best way possible, and price has very, very little to do with how we serve our customer and the quality of the product we provide to them.
2: Sure. It'd be fun to pose that question to a certain a room full of better customers and watch them go, why? Right. <laughs> right. And watch the shop owner go, huh?
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. And and no, I, I,
2: people, are, people are looking for uh, oversimplify it and seeing it several people teach it. They, they, they have a problem. They want it solved. Uh, Life is moving fast. There's a, there's a million problems just like uh, uh, just like David talked about his day to day. There, there's all this stuff going on and I don't want to get involved in all this minutia of, of, uh, of a couple dollars here, there, whatever, I I I have this pr- you know there there's a there's a green puddle in my garage. I'd like it gone for a reasonable amount of money and I'd, and I need the car back as fast as possible. Can you do that? That that's it. That's it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know every single time a customer questions me, I never think it was the price that they were upset about. I there's some that I can tell, and I think we all have that experience. We can recognize that it's the price they're worried about. Um, but the majority of the time, I recognize that I did not properly explain the value. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I had a, a F-350 in that got a tremendous amount of work. It got an oil cooler, some other stuff. And I realized about, I don't know, five minutes after the conversation ended with the customer, that he didn't understand what I was saying. I wasn't explaining it in a way he could understand it. And the reason being was, is when we got off the phone, he said, so you think that'll be done by this afternoon? And this was at three o'clock and we're talking about an 18 hour job. And I thought he didn't even, he doesn't understand the magnitude of what we're talking about he he's he can't see that in a in a time frame right he doesn't understand how in depth this is i've not explained it clearly and i think we all too often go back and we look at the the one thing that we always come back to is oh it must be too expensive and and the number of posts in asog that come back to you know well she said i was unprofessional but I know it wasn't that. It's just because I charge more than other people or, it, you know, and, and we never, we never address the elephant in the room, if you will.
2: No. And so, so often if you, you know, if, if you have an estimate for $2,500 and maybe the customer, you don't know them all that well, uh, it's kind of getting thing going and you have a, have a service advisor and you throw them back in office there and close the door and say, yeah, come out when you've sold the job. Don't, I want to hear you until then. It's kind of like, well, what do I do? I just sit back in there and talk to him. Well, if they right. say no, well then that means you got to talk to them some more.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: you know, in, in, in a nice way. I, I'm not talking about being. I'm not talking about harassment. Uh, I'm talking about let, let's let's talk about it. Why don't you want to do that? Uh, the the our primary service advisor right now is uh, 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 oh the DISC. He would be a I I believe influencer. Um, I think that's right. I don't know. I, I always do him the Gary Smalley thing, which is lion, otter, beaver, and golden retriever. If you're familiar with the four animals, they relate to the DIS with the D-I-S-C. and he's the golden retriever, which is very, very empathetic, very caring. Uh, talk to people all day long, and, and 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 but he's easily distracted. So we we have him so we have him kind of closed off from the rest of the staff, and we try to keep him not interacting with anybody other than the Customers, and uh, uh he'll get he'll get on the phone and he'll talk to him and he'll talk and he'll talk and he'll talk and he'll talk and he talk, talk, talk and then finally he comes out and says yeah, eighteen hundred here we go. All right, and, and this is a guy you look at the car and you look at the customer who come in and you you you're going, that's a hundred and fifty bucks on a good day, and then uh, it goes out for eighteen hundred. Uh, but that's the just interacting with the people, finding out what they need, and and and, and satisfying their need, and letting them know it's a good value and logically, logically making sense why you should do this instead of buying another car and on and on and on. All the standard stuff And, and uh, but I think we're in too much of a hurry to get off the phone and get on to the next thing and get the parts ordered and interact with the technicians and all that. And uh, uh, the service advisors can't do that. They really need to be a, a, somebody who really interacts well with people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to say this, I'm, we, we talked about tattoos and, and long hair and the whole nine yards. And those of you who know Scott, who worked for me, you know, Scott had the tattoos and, and the bald head and the long goatee, you know, and and customers loved him. Even Even some of our more reserved customers really enjoyed working with him. And for Scott, it wasn't so much that they – when they came in, they didn't see that after getting to know Scott. And after that initial telephone call with Scott, they realized Scott genuinely cared about them. They realized that he was really interested in their best interest. And so I think they overlooked some of that, but I, I kind of look at professionalism on a scale, right? So I say like, you can, you cannot not have this area of professionalism, uh, but if your language skills suck You can't look like a a goofball, Um, you know, and and I think there's different levels to that. What do you say when when we're talking about professionalism on the front counter? You know, you you have definitely spoken your mind when it comes to the the tattoos and the long hair and the earrings and stuff like that. When how do we weigh that out? Right. Let's say that we've got somebody that comes through the front door. They're applying for that service advisor position. They're really, really strong. They've got great communication skills. When do you say, "Hey, listen, I'm sorry, it's not a good fit because of something like this"? What are your thoughts on that? Tell them.
2: I, I mean, or am I, reading, I Maybe I'm not understanding your question.
0: No, I mean, you, I think you're. I think you're perfectly in line. I'm saying do you overlook some of those other skills that they have where they're really strong just based on that one factor? Or are you willing to overlook well, yeah, some yeah, of this?
2: Yeah. The the first impression thing is absolutely massive. People come in and they see who's on the other side of the counter. And I, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I want, I want the guy to, uh, gosh, trying, trying to think of a, uh, trying to think of a, uh, uh a good example, but, uh, you know, the, just, just out of popular culture, but, uh, you know, whether it's male or female,
0: right.
2: clean cut, I mean, ready to go to Sunday school. Uh, that's the, the closer you can get to that image, the better your percentage of first impressions will be. It's that simple. It's a statistic. It's a mathematical thing. It has nothing to do with, people's feelings and how they look etc cetera, etc cetera. um i always get a kick out of people will will do all kinds of stuff to look funny with their with their hair with their clothes etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you walk by them in the mall and you look at them they look back at you and say what are you hell you looking at me i say what well, you went out of your way to look that way so i would look at you you moron <laughs> that, i mean valid point and that's why I'm looking at you, but, but it's just the—it's a simple mathematical calculation. Disney said this is a family experience, so I want everybody here to look like the the perfect brother, the perfect sister, the perfect aunt, whatever, nice and and perfectly clean cut, because that simply improves your percentages,
0: right? Right.
2: Of making the same. It has nothing to do with anybody's freedom or 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 independence and all this other stuff. You can do that, but then you, you, you know, if you really want to be out there, then you can't go to the conference and say, I don't understand why customers won't accept me. And I can't make a half million dollars a year net profit. Well, I can tell you, you know, you don't want to, because if you did, then you would change your behavior. Does that mean
0: we can ask David to shave his beard? I mean, we've been trying to get David to shave his beard for years now. I mean... David,
1: I think I look it's like time. a homeless person when I go to work. Well, are you kidding me?
2: I, <laughs> I, obviously, the, the culture's loosened up a bit. And I mean, I grasp that too. Uh, but it, it depends a little bit where you are, so on and so forth. But there, there's some, you know, there's some borders, there's some boundaries. When you jump over those boundaries, you're yes. going to lose people. They're going to walk in the front door, they're going to talk to you, and they're just going to leave. And, and, and for a quote, no good reason, except they didn't like what they saw.
0: That's it. I I agree. I, and, and that I costs think, me
2: money as a shop owner that takes money out of my grocery money.
0: Right. Right. And, 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 and I think and that's not that, fair to me. I think some of that plays into your, your target clientele, right? I, I think that that comes back to the avatar of the client to some degree. Now, you know, we come into this thing and, and Carm said something to me years ago that kind of have, has always stuck with me. Um, and he was talking about his previous businesses and he said i i realized that we were a relational organization serving a transactional customer and i realized that i had to serve both customers the relational customers and the transactional customers and for some reason that always stuck with me and i i i, I know it's a little bit off topic here um but it, it's always just kind of stuck with me because i i realized that we have to serve a multitude of customers, and we need to be in the most neutral ground as possible and, and be able to serve them where they want to be served at. You know, I said that I recognized that customer service was not about me. It was about the customer. Well, we have to serve them where they want to be served in many ways. I'm not saying let them walk all over you, but I'm saying that we have to serve them and meet their expectations understand what their expectations are and meet those expectations so i definitely think there's something to say if we can start with a neutral ground that that mrs smith doesn't walk in and think oh this guy look at i feel uncomfortable right, right. and and you know i don't think that that having a beard or tattoos or this or that is is necessarily going to make someone uncomfortable i think it has to be handled properly.
2: Now, right? it, you, you, here's what you got to think about when you're going to, when you're going to hire people and this can be uh, whether you're hiring a service advisor, whether you're hiring a technician, whoever is, uh, I, I would think for most of us, not maybe not everybody, but you know, if you talk about ideal target customers, well, if we take a, a, a white collar guy, um, some kind of executive of one kind or another uh, he's salary two, three 100 grand a year maybe more. Uh nice house, nice cars. Um uh nice family to go with it. Uh you know, got his daughter a, a a a really nice used car that's whatever it is it's it's 20 it's a used car but still 25 30 grand, nice nice used car. Um you know, he hangs out at the country club. Uh it's pretty uh, pretty nice looking situation and he has a 16 year old daughter and her car has a noise and he wants to be able to send her with that car down to your repair shop and go for a ride with one of your technicians to show the noise and he wants to feel a hundred percent confident and safe in that decision Wouldn't we all so if you look at your staff and you say do, do you think that guy is going to feel comfortable with Fred out there looking at Fred and you go, Hmm, I may have a problem. Right. <laughs> so that, that's the kind of analogy I, I use. They say, oh, and, you know, people say, Oh, well, I don't care about that customer, et cetera. Well, you, but you, <laughs> you can't tell me you want to really make money and be highly profitable, highly successful and not care about that customer. Cause that's part of the way you get there. Amen. Uh, Amen. So this just goes back to the image thing. I, I I've had this discussion with, for forty years, uh, and it's just uh, you know it'll always be there, but I, I think uh, you know you go into the real ultra ultra successful shops, there's a certain look you'll see
0: i I agree I, I see it all the time. So what are the other image problems you see with her industry?
2: yeah it, it's applying this uh, appearance is everything, which means appearance of the facility from a long distance down the road to pulling in the parking lot, to the parking lot, to the landscaping, to the building, uh, you know, to the uniform. It's all the visuals, all the visuals, not most of them. It's everything. It's every visual thing has a, uh, uh, has a value to it. Um,
0: Are you asking about something beyond that? Well, so I, I, I guess my question is, if if we want to fix our industry, right, let, let's have this pipe dream that there's something we could do, right? Whether it be ASOG through your website, through uh, this podcast if there were three things that we could do to improve our industry tomorrow, if every shop owner listening took action, what would those three things be? What would be the big thing that you think would make the biggest difference in our industry? see. If I went back in time a few years, I'd, I'd think of a George Witt class where he said
2: paint, soap and lights. Right. <laughs> um. There, there. There's the, uh, there's the image of the people. There's the image of all the other stuff and how it looks. Um, hmm. I wasn't given this a topic ahead of time, so I didn't have a lot of time to dwell and think about this. And, and well, that's and the up whole with a point, really right? Witty answer.
1: Yeah, we yeah. we like to put people on the spot, make them as uncomfortable as possible. Makes for a good podcast. <laughs> it really does. I, uh, you know, it,
2: it's <laughs> it, it's it it it, it sounds it, it's oversimplifying it. But we kind of come back, I, I see myself coming back to Disney again, or or you could also take a well-run McDonald's. It's fast. It's clean. It's reasonably priced. Uh, it's responsive. It's efficient. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I think You've got those, all your uh, answers, Lucas. What else do you want out of the guy? Don't beat him up over it. No, no, no. no. I, that, that's
2: good. I'm glad that you're. I, I, I'm thinking as we're talking here, but. Uh, uh,
1: so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a juxtaposition here because uh, you you take somebody. Are you familiar with Juke Automotive in Austin? No, I'm not. So I was in the same uh, ma- uh, consultancy group uh, as Juke, and he was. Uh, they used him as sort of the end all be all. Like if you go through our entire program, you could be a juke automotive as well. Okay. Uh, the, the guy is, um, he looks like Austin, Texas. When you think of Austin, Texas, that's what he looks like. And cool. that's what his shop looks like. And that's what his employees look like. Um, where y- you could take another shop, the same look, maybe not as polished. Uh, I wouldn't even call it polished. It's, it's, uh, eclectic i I don't i I don't even know it's it's um it's well thought out his look his setup you know the way his employees look the logo er, everything seems cohesive and and thought out and reflective of his personality but you could take a, a shop um somewhere else in a different area and maybe they're serving people like people you would meet in austin maybe not but Uh, you would take an owner that looks like um, the owner of Juke Automotive and they may not be as successful as Juke Auto has been. Where where do you think the, the difference lays? Because if you think of the Disney image, and you're absolutely right, I went through Disney training as well, and you should see their manual. I mean, they've got the smallest detail lined out. So what you can look like, what you, you can have tattoos, it's just got to be covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to walk into Disney with gauges, uh, or you know, scruffy facial hair, like, that's not going to happen.
2: We were you, down there last week, we, we were down there last week, we could not get in because they were full. Yeah, I, I we, we we tried to get in, we could we could not get in.
1: Yeah, and so, so lots of people will go go there, but if you looking at the Disney position or the Disney look, mm-hmm. um, they don't look anything like that. So, I mean, how, uh, uh, how would you explain that? So uh, th- that's going to be the the pushback. Everybody's going to listen to this and they're going to say, um, well, look at Jugato," Or, you know, you got into it with, I think, David Friend and somebody else way back on ASOG because you called out facial hair. I, I have a beard, right? Whatever. I didn't take any offense to it, but these let's, other guys, they got really upset that you and, called out facial hair. And let's be and completely
0: <laughs> clear here. David, if you didn't have a beard, I i don't think anybody would I didn't always have a, a
1: beard. I know, but I I'm know just
0: saying, like, you know, you've put on a few pounds and, you know, taking the beard I've off. I've always
1: been a chunky guy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> don't distract. Don't distract. L- listen, listen. Don't distract. So, so the pushback's going to be. Uh, The pushback's going to be, they're going to say, look at, uh, because you take a David friend who's got tattoos all over his arms, uh, or big beard, lots of facial hair, and he's very successful. And he's going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about, look at me. Or look at a Juke Auto. Well, yeah, just,
2: uh, you know, so is Gas Monkey,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that's the look, also. Intuitive.
2: Okay, you but but example. see, it's it's part of the. Uh, see, in your case, you're talking about something that's a little bit specialized. It's almost part of the shtick, you might say. It, 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 it's it's kind of unique, and it, it, it's part of the the brand or whatever that makes it somewhat unique. But when you get to the fundamentals of being on time, of being, I oh, bet the place isn't dirty. I mean, it, it may be different, but dirty is not cool. Uh, late yeah. is not cool inefficient is not cool uh, not uh, you know getting the car fixed right is not there, there's a whole lot of stuff that that's right straight straight up that still is part of that operation I'll guarantee you they probably have manuals and procedures and details and inspections and checklists and they have all kinds of stuff so that thing w- w- runs like a fine-tuned watch it may look yeah, a little two, odd as a
1: machine. I mean, yeah, I mean it, they've got it so right, tuned down. So, so
2: they have a part of their brand is this shtick thing that you're describing that that's different, you know, that, that, that's different.
1: Right. And just see, so I everybody understands. That's and that's switches. my point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that just so everybody understands he's, I think Tom, you're not, Specifically picking on tattoos or gauges or facial hair or whatever, right? No, because if you, if
2: if you, uh, I, I could probably make an argument that if you took all this, if you took the whole deal of, of, uh, uh, a range of, uh, you know, all these, all these funky looking things, if you are going to open a shop in downtown San Francisco, those might be prerequisites to doing that, you know? To, to 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 look like you belong there to your part of the community, if you came in there and you look like Disney, they might not trust you. But that's unique. Everybody thinks, you know, they're, they're, okay, there's one out of 10,000 shops in downtown San Francisco, and, and there's 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 some in Texas that have a certain shtick. But generally, we're talking about, this is one thing that bugs me with our culture nowadays, is everybody wants to talk about the exceptions. Nobody wants to talk about the 95%. Let's just talk about the 5%. It's just kind <laughs> of insane. Why do we do that? Why don't we talk about the 95% it's the, the that 5% of out. the people can learn to go along? I mean, that's the way it ought to be.
1: Yeah, well, it stands out. That's what you notice. You notice yeah. the exceptions. Well, the rest of and, it just is noise.
2: If, if it stands out good, that's a good thing. But usually it's it, not because it does that. But, uh, you know, I, I challenge people to, you know, go to the shops that, uh, you know, go to the 10 or 12 bay shop. That's doing three or $4 million a year. And the guy has a net income of a half a million dollars and go take a look.
0: That's all. Don't
2: listen to me. Just go hang out at his shop and see what it's like.
0: I, I can agree with that. So moving on the back to the topic that we were supposed to talk about.
1: is the What, what this is the topic, what is what the topic we're about? supposed to tie still? I there mean, is ha- no topic. That's the point. There's no topic, <laughs> Lucas. What are you talking about? There's no topic. Sorry. Well, it's uh, let's listen to Tom Ham rant.
0: Oh, God. Uh, so
1: just poke the bear. What else can okay. we can <laughs> we get him okay. ranting about? <laughs> so this. Well, one time, you wanna uh, here? Oh, okay. Talk about the election. Some. I'll more. I'll wonder why. You're closer
2: than you think. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. I tell you here, things that things that uh, irritate me a little bit. We we kind of covered several of them. I'll give you another one. It's kind of an off the wall type thing. I am, I've been frustrated for four years now on how I talk to people and I'm trying to be completely serious and they don't take me seriously, is I tell them that, you know, there's about a dozen books that Donald J. Trump wrote on running a business that have nothing to do with politics, absolutely nothing. And they are some of the most fantastic biz- books by a successful businessman you will ever read. I've read six of them. I'm, I'm on my seventh one. And there is stuff in there. If people wanted to succeed, you know, they start out with uh, uh, Art of the Deal and, and work their way up. And he wrote several of them with uh, Kiyosaki, too. Uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad guy. And they're just really amazingly good management Books and people just blow them off because it's Donald Trump and it's got to be garbage or some insane stuff. But if they can separate that out, uh, they'd really could learn a lot by getting into that. So there's something off the wall. And you talk about a guy, you never see that guy who is not in a three piece, uh, five or $10,000 suit and he is a clean freak. If you've ever been to any of the Trump properties, they are sterile. He's a neat freak, a clean freak. Organization, uh, honesty. He's his people. One thing he will not tolerate is dishonesty. He's one of the most honest people on the planet. It just and his management style is really fantastic too. So
0: anyway, there's well, my, that's interesting.
2: There's that's my interesting. rant on Trump, uh, which I wish more people would uh, pick up those books and, and learn. Anyway.
1: Well, he's become he's become divisive now and so oh,
2: for <laughs> heaven's sake you, can't, you, you know you if there's a
1: if somebody my, my, had a uh, really good management
2: book i don't know by obama or somebody if it was really good on on run a the, uh, the business i'd read it <laughs> I, yeah what, I, I mean I, who cares it's about the
0: content i, I will it, say it's
1: about the well, content so I'll, I'll probably uh, cut this portion out but you wouldn't get a, a the, high quality the, business book out of the left ever for any reason, <laughs> just so you know, they, they don't run businesses; they go into bureaucracy. Okay. <laughs>
0: oh my God!
1: You said that I didn't, Lucas.
2: <laughs> Leave that in; it makes me look less uh, weird.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not saying anything that's not true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> oh my God!
0: Here we go. Um, so i i i do want to talk about amn though right i i i definitely want to make sure that we touch on that talk about what it is talk about why what's the why behind amn and what's the vision where where's it going
2: well uh i'm going to kind of take the the just just for fun i'm going to take the last part i'm a little bit different on the vision thing than a lot of people um uh, uh, I'm probably not as big on vision and goals as a lot of people are. Uh, I I do believe that if you uh, are doing something really well and you do it in kind of a, a, a logical, rational way, you don't necessarily have to have a great vision and a great set of goals to be wildly successful. But that's another discussion we can have. The, the 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 way we started in the first place is I wanted to discuss, I love software. So I wanted to discuss management software to a greater degree uh than was being done on IETN. IETN had uh they had an open forum and eventually they added a shop management forum. Uh and and those things were touched on a little bit, but I wanted something a little bit more focused. So, uh, I think my wife just, she, she looked it up and we, we just put a one you know, of these little freebie website things where you put a forum together and, and, uh, and I just start emailing people. I said, come on, you know, we happened to use Mitchell software at the time or one, one of 35 versions of Mitchell at that time. Cause there were a lot of Mitchell spinoffs. Um, uh, and, uh, so, and we talked about software and, uh, and then there were uh, some other people said, well, maybe there's some other topics we could get into and well, w- why don't you do some of this with some of the content that you have and you got to figure out some way to monetize it. So you're not doing this completely for free and, and, and on and on. And today the website has, there's over 25,000 pages in the website today. It's the biggest website in the world for vehicle service management information. It, matter of fact, it always has been. After its first couple of years, uh, and and most of it's free, and, and we get feedback regularly from uh, uh, people who say they 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 learn so much, and they've been a member for ten fifteen years, and they've just learned so much out of there. Uh, but uh, you know, we it's never been a big uh, 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 a big financial deal. we we do pretty well we're doing better all the time uh as far as income goes but um it and and at the risk of sounding too altruistic or whatever you know the uh, the the foundation of the industry uh, to me is a guy and his wife in a two or three bay shop that's the that's the foundation of the industry. Those are the people who, who generate everything, who make it run. That's where it all starts. And maybe they got a helper or something like that, but it's those little shops. And we furnish information to them, most of it free. They can't afford to drop whatever, however many thousands of dollars a year to hire the big management thing. Maybe they really can if they knew how, but they, they really don't feel that they can and, and maybe they can't. So they can come to our site. They can get a lot of information for free. If they take their time and go through it, we've made it really easy to search. So now, now you can find anything you want pretty fast. And we got all kinds of good advice on there. We got some really heavy hitters on there. Uh, uh, donate their information to us. Uh, so we're, we're helping these little guys. And and we get big guys too. I, I, every once in a while, I'll be on chat and I'll talk to somebody, and and he'll he'll ask me a couple of questions about this and that, and I'll answer him, and I'll say something about, it. and I'll say, well, well uh, you know, where's your shop, and how is it? Well, it's forty five bays. I go, Holy <laughs> crap! Forty five bays? It's a truck stop, you know. <laughs> and I'm well, just talking to this guy, and figured, you know, he probably, <laughs> probably makes more than I do in a in a week <laughs> than I do in a year. <laughs> Uh, but there's all these different shop owners on there, um, and we just wanted to furnish information for them and provide something where where it's affordable. And we want to make some money too, but, uh, you know, uh, the basically the way it's always been from, from the beginning is what we take in, we just put back in. And we've i we've i know we went past a quarter million dollars a while back it's probably three hundred thousand more of money that we put into the website, and we just keep generating money and just goes back in and we take a little bit out for this and that, but uh uh we just keep expanding it and growing it, and every year it's gotten bigger every year that it's been around um, so that's me rambling on about our network
0: a little bit. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I think that the um, the shop management software uh, interface that you have is extremely powerful, right? And I think that's that was probably the biggest thing for me with the site um, is the ability because, you know, that's one of the things that happens in ASOG a lot. Somebody will ask about a feature. Somebody will ask a question about a software. Um, and... And the reality is, is that there's a lot of softwares and a lot of them have different ways and different thought processes around how they do it, right? And and one of the interesting things that I've learned is, and you know, I'm a shopware user and, and I, as I talked to Carolyn more and more, I began to understand how it was that she intended for the software to work. And that was really huge for me. So... You know, when I get into to AMN and I begin to look, I see so many questions within just the, the uh, shop management software, you know, where you've got it kind of set up on the spreadsheet and I can look and see what those features are. I look at that and I say, I never even thought about that feature. I never even thought to ask if you offered that feature. So that was, you know, that was really huge for me. And that, that's one of the things that I always go back and I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I chose the right software. There's a software out there that does this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my wife's like, you shut up, you just shut up, you just shut up. So well, where, where the software is
2: going, I, 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 the things are moving really, really fast right now and, right. and they're accelerating. And what the software is going to do, uh, people are really going to have to get into technology
0: and accept it and embrace it or they're going to get left behind. What, what's the one piece of advice? So let's say that we've got a shop owner that's listening and he says, hey, I'm, I'm going to, he or she says, I am going to switch shop management softwares. I mean, if, uh, if I hear one more person say I have Mitchell, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Um, what is the piece of advice you would give them? What, what shopping advice do you have for somebody that's on the verge of switching management softwares? What would you say?
2: Uh, well, some of it's pretty obvious. You definitely want to talk to users, uh, not just one maybe that the software recommended, but, um, uh, see if you can search out users and not just two or three, but see if you can, I don't know, make a number like 10, talk to 10 people and, and ask them to tell you all the good, bad and everything about the software. Um, I would say don't look for the perfect software because it isn't. It's an evolving thing, and, and, and it's, it's, it's almost an – you know, this goes back to the 80-10 rule. Uh, if you can find a software you're 80% happy with, I always say the same with employees, if you get to 80%, you're doing good. Don't screw with it. Right. Um, that, that, that's a good way to go. Uh, I think a lot of shop owners today do not view the software correctly. By that, I mean the software is the hub of the operation. Everything revolves around the software. Um, or should be plugged into and revolve around the software. Now, and also, you shouldn't be serving the software. The software should be serving you. There there's softwares that are way too complex to use. Right. Um, right. The, the software that we use now... Uh, uh, I mean, the the technicians do use it, uh, it, you know, not as much as a service advisor and so on. But the nice thing about technicians is uh, last, not the last technician, but the, the, the last technician that we still have, I should say, uh, when we hired him and got him into the software and, and uh, uh, we check with him on how's it coming as far as the learning. And he said, yeah, I had it pretty well done by, by noon. I had it by lunchtime. I had it pretty well down. Right. You well, know, as opposed to so many softwares where, well, we're about three months into it, and I think we're starting to learn it.
0: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it might be too complex. Hey, I, you know, that's a really valid point. So when I started looking at software, I, I talked to David a little bit, and I said, hey, you know, what do you recommend? And, and I said, I'm looking at these options. And he said, you need to really think about onboarding. And I said, why is that? He said, because you always talk about how you hate training people. And he's like, if you hate training people, why would you go get the most advanced software on the market that has all these bells and whistles and spots you can click and all these things that you can do because it's going to be really tough to onboard somebody. And I thought, Oh, I never even thought about that. You know, that's, that's a very valid point. Um, so
2: I, I think what, what a lot of people don't realize is, uh, the how really good software what really really good software does is it takes something that you now spend a fair amount of time on it's fairly complex and it completely automates it and what i mean by completely automates it is you forget that the process even exists because it all occurs in the background in milliseconds without you doing anything
0: yep absolutely well and and you know when we so when we made the switch, um, we had some workflow problems in the shop, and uh, my shop coach came down for the weekend, and we sat around the shop and we talked about and and went over how we were doing it now, and uh, and he said, "Why don't you send Carolyn a message and see if she can spend a few minutes with us talking about her thought process on how shopware was supposed to work?" And I said, oh, "That's a good idea." And and in an hour and forty-five minutes, I had a whole new appreciation for how shopware did what shopware did. Right. And and this isn't a plug for shopware. It's just that's what I use. So it it's the 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 uh experience I can I can share. And so in that process, all of a sudden we found ourselves saying, We could implement a little bit of her thought process and how the shop works right we can change a little bit of the workflow in the shop to work around the software like you said because the 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 software becomes kind of the hub of the shop it becomes the center and it it just made things tremendously smoother for us because we had this whole new understanding of how she envisioned the software working and and you know i think there's a lot of softwares you can do that with you can do that with techmetric you can do that with shopware and and we're you know As a connected society, we're more connected to those people who have that information and can help us through that. So I think that's a really awesome thing about where we're at right now. Um, But, you know, I I think you're 100% right. The the software is the hub of the shop, and it's very important we build our workflow around that and understand how they uh, envision that workflow working.
2: And and a lot of times that can be done even with with, a lot – a lot of times people say, well, I, I've got to go software shopping. And, and sometimes the answer is, well, not necessarily. Maybe you're not losing, maybe you're not using the software you have properly. Right. Uh, maybe you just need to learn to use it more efficiently and, and and blow out certain features of it that are just wasting your time and use more primary features. Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, what you've got is pretty good. You just need a little training, a little learning and, and just uh, refocusing you know, on what you have.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, to those who just want to switch just to switch, it is not easy. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, one, one switch is about all it takes for you to realize. I hope I made the right decision. Cause I'm not willing to do it again. You know, <laughs> I, I've got, a, I've got a buddy
2: of mine, not too far from here, uh, Greg. And I won't, I won't mention the name of your shop, Greg, your last name. So they figure out who you are, but, uh, (laughs) Hey, he's been around. I think, uh, Oh gosh, I'm going to say 15 years. And, uh, he's on his 10th or 12th software.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. I couldn't, I'm going to tell you right now. That'd be it for me. I would just go out of business. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No way.
2: I tell people, if you want a
0: second opinion, call Greg, he's probably used it. i i greg i'm sorry that's tough um i he's uh,
2: happy now he's got one he's had for about three years now and he's happy so i think oh he finally settled down
0: well you know i i did a trial on a piece of software one time And, uh, the sales rep came out and he said, man, you're going to really love this software. It's one of the best softwares out there. I'm not going to tell you what, what it was. You'll, you'll figure it out. I'm sure. And, uh, he opened up his laptop and he said, now this links with your local part vendor that, that, you know, you're affiliated with, it works really well. And, and all you got to do is, is, you know, it's very fast and he opens up his computer and he says, well, let's order while it loads. And, um, And a few minutes later, he said, oh, man, my computer crashed. And he reboots his computer and he he pulls it up and he he said, oh, uh, you know, guys, I'm I'm not so sure that I'm thinking something's wrong with my computer, this software. and, And every time he's getting blue screens and all this stuff, every time he opened the software and I said, if the sales rep can't even get it to load on his computer. I think I'm good. I think I'll pass. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really happy. And, and, you know, that was one of the places I, I saw some comments about that software on AMN and, and learned a lot about it before we made that decision. Cause that software was free. Um, and I'm sure it would have cost me $50,000 just trying <laughs> to keep it working. So I, I'm
2: going to throw, I'll throw out a Couple of quick pieces of information, since, you be, since we seem to be wandering all over the place, and it seems to be okay that the boundaries seem yeah, fairly wide. Yeah, of course. Uh, for one question to ask, and it's it's a little bit of an off the wall question until you get bit, and then you wish you would have asked it. And that's uh, okay, Mister Software Salesman or or company or whoever you are that wants to sell me this software. If I have your software for a period of time and I uh, decide to switch, can I have my history?
0: Oh, that's a big one.
2: Because there's at least two companies I know of out there. They'll say sure, you can have your history. You have to remain subscribed though, so you're going to have to continue to pay us your monthly fee to be able to see it.
0: Yep. Yep. That's, Otherwise, it's ours. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. And there's, not
2: There's at least two companies out there that do it and they're uh uh uh, you know, I consider them unscrupulous. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get sued. But, uh, you know, that that's one question to ask. Uh, another completely unrelated question since we, uh, you know, if, if people tune in here looking for advice, if you want to, your, your next budget and spending, if you haven't already done this at your shop, and this would be every computer in your building, and if you have computers at home with a remote office, say the same thing. Go on the internet and look up, how do I check, how do I find out what kind of uh drive my computer has it's relatively simple simple process to do and what you're looking for is you're looking to see whether it's an ssd a solid Mm -hmm. state drive and if you have a computer any computer that is not a solid state drive call your nearest computer repair shop take it down there and have it swapped tomorrow absolutely because what will happen you'll get it back and you go oh my god my computer is somewhere between 10 and 25 times faster than it was yesterday <laughs> yep absolutely uh, i just had one done today and and uh, uh you're only talking 2 300 bucks and and uh it'll be the best month your technicians will be so happy your service advisor will be happy they'll be kissing you
0: well, I, look, I'm going to tell you right now, I, uh, years ago, I kind of learned the lesson with SSDs versus conventional drives. And um, we lost a conventional drive, right? And I, I was really smart because I had been backing up all that I manage at the time on a USB drive. Aha. And the uh, it it lost that drive. And I said, we're all right. We've got the backup. <laughs> and I reached up and I plugged the drive in. And one of the pins was bent in the USB port on the computer Uh-oh. and it shorted the USB drive and we lost everything. And um and and you know, all data was really good about getting us straightened back out. But I mean it was a miserable process. Like all of our customer history. So, you know, now we've got this thing and people laugh at us. I have every single service record paper printed signed in a filing cabinet in my office since that happened. I mean, there wasn't a single day that went by after that, that I don't have the service records signed and in my desk or in my, my filing cabinet. And, um, (laughs) And and you know I we talk about it. I, I will say that all data does give you access to their history, and and I will give them credit. They were really good to work with. They gave us all of our files, and and still I have access to that. And you know I I still log into my all data manage account when I need information. I look at it and I say, man, they have really. Gotten better. There's some really cool features here. There's some things I miss here. Um, so you know, I I think it's cool to look back at an old piece of software you had and realize that it wasn't as bad as you as you really thought it was. So,
1: Tom, you want to boost in speed? Go to yes, an sir. NVMe setup, especially hey, for larger files. NVMe, it's oh. an SSD, but it it goes into a PCIe slot. Um, okay, and if you if you're running a larger program uh so we, put it we'd on the everything on a cloud oh okay, yeah, well some things if you if you have to download it onto um onto a hard drive, run it off the n v m e to have it local it'll it'll pull up so fast okay it'll blow your mind it's crazy.
2: I, I love I love speed. the gadgetry, the the speed, and all that. And, and uh, yeah. to to ask the question, uh, you know, recommendations on software. And of course, now I'm thinking about it as we're talking. Another one would be, uh, w- when you talk to other people about it, see if they operate paperlessly, because you want one that works really well. You can be paperless, first of all, with almost any software, if you're a little bit creative. Number one, right. but some of them are, are much more, uh, you know, prone to, to work well paperlessly. And that should be a goal for everybody with their shop, whether you're switching software, or not switching software is to get rid of paper. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's a, it, you should just look at it as an evil thing that you try to avoid at all costs. I think we, matter of fact, we got at our shop, we got a, a box of paper today and I think it's our annual box of paper that we buy.
1: Right. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. I get those calls too from the office supply place. They're like, oh, I've got paper on sale. It's like, man, I, I buy a case every three, four years. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't entice me with paper. I'm sorry. No. And, and I don't we, use we, it.
2: We go back in the shop and it, it's kind of funny because it we'll would be back in the shop and, and or I'll even be at my desk and, and, and someone will say, can you write this down? they I'll say, yeah. And I'll say, well, wait a minute. I got to find a pen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pens around here. <laughs> that's how paperless we we got, uh, and we got the customers well-trained too, to just uh, uh, do that. So very that, that that's a very efficient thing. And, and the only reason a shop is not paperless is more or less it's a mindset thing. It's just a habit type thing. It's very easy to go paperless once you get your mind in the right position. It also saves you a lot of money, a lot of time. It, it just, everything is a lot cleaner and better paperlessly. So anyway. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. For our patrons, we will have the second half of our conversation with Tom on our Patreon page. So make sure you become a patron to catch that extra content. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and don't forget to hit that like button. The algorithm is sending Lucas death threats, and the only way they say they will stop is if you hit that like button. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you have any topic suggestions, please reach out to me via email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at Asog. A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.